changes in the air gang for one of our favorite franchises detective comics comics that's dc comics uh is about to embark on an entirely new cinematic universe gone are the days of the snyderverse long live the new dceu let's talk about it everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show my name is drew and this is the more you nerd and today we are talking about the new proposed slate of dc universe movies and tv shows and streaming shows and video games apparently that are all going to tie together under the helm of James Gunn and Peter Safran, but I cannot do it by myself. Miles, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I want you to repeat that 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 part from the intro again. What are we saying goodbye to? Uh, the the sn sn ha ha Yes, we are saying goodbye to most, at least, of the Snyderverse uh, for all of its uh, good and ill. Uh, some stuff that I have defended, some stuff that I still defend. Uh, but uh, in James Gunn, I trust for the future of the DC movie universe. You know, Miles, this past uh, past couple of days, I actually I don't know if Gunn had anything to do with this, but I was at a little place called Disney World. You ever heard of, of Disney World? You ever heard of that? I have. Uh, the very reason that we didn't have an episode last week, and I forgot to announce that we weren't going to have an episode last week, so sorry about that. No, I, I, uh, I, I announced it. I announced it two weeks ago. Oh, did you? Okay. Yes, I did. Uh, but uh, I, I happened to ride a new roller coaster uh, at Epcot Center. Uh, yes, Epcot Ooh. Center has roller coasters now. It's a little, it's a little thing called uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, and the only reason I bring that up right now is because james gunn is responsible for anyone knowing who the guardians of the galaxy are <laughs> and uh and uh that ride is fantastic and is my new favorite ride at disney uh which is uh a, a, a weird thing to say because i was a huge fan of uh uh star wars rise of the resistance in hollywood studios but uh cosmic rewind is amazing it is so freaking good uh in a way that i don't even want to say because yeah. i don't want to like it's it's something that deserves to be experienced for itself for anyone that's who awesome i mean to do it. it's good to know because i mean certainly with some of these franchises and i hear that oh yeah they're, do, they're doing a cosm uh guards of the galaxy experience and i'm like <sighs> okay and I mean, with 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 theme parks, it's always got to be a wait and see, because something that doesn't sound like it might be your bag all of a sudden becomes one of your favorite experiences of the of the park. Um, that certainly has happened to me plenty of times. And. So I'm I'm glad to hear that they have delivered such a cool experience for for Guardians of the Galaxy. Look, look, I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to level with you, Miles, because I'm going to I'm going to say one thing about this ride. There is uh, a selection of songs because again, this is a guardians of the galaxy project 
that have the potential to play on the ride. All licensed music. Um, we were there the week of the uh, Disney marathons. So I ran by Flock of Seagulls was pretty much locked in to every ride <laughs> on that, which was which was great. Like it was fun. I was singing along to it as I was riding the ride. Um, but I uh, I looked up uh, I looked up the 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 music that could have potentially played, and there was one song on that list that if it had played during that ride at the moment in that ride where the song kicks in. I would have cried. I would have wept tears of absolute joy. I'm waiting to hear the song. Earth, Wind and Fires, September. It's a good song. Good song. I adore that song. I love it dearly. I sing it all the time. Uh, and if that song had played on that ride, I'd, I would not have been able to. Uh, I, w- I would have lost all control. Yeah, I'm trying to think of of songs from, you know, Gunn's kind of favored era that I would want to hear. Um, and some some he may have already used, but uh, like Night Moves by Bob Seger comes to mind. Oh, we're good um, on my night moves. Which I, 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 I'm a big fan <laughs> of that song. 30 Rock ruined Night Moves for me because she's working on her night cheese is, what, is all oh, I think gosh. of when I... I, I know I, well, Supernatural uh, brought that song back in a really great way in its 11th season um, in a specific episode. It, it continually played in the episode in the best way. Um, but we're here to talk about a different company because James Gunn uh, starting really well now, but come come May, his official contributions to marvel will be finished and everything from here on out is going to be dc and and dc is so happy with guns uh performance with suicide squad and peacemaker and the quality of those programs and film um <laughs> it just made him the head yeah. Um, well, uh, of, of DC uh, studios, him and uh, Peter Safran, who uh, was is a producer that has worked with James Gunn for a very long time on a number of things. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy was such a surprise hit. And Guardians 2 was I, I I love a lot about Guardians 2, uh, specifically Kurt Russell, because I love Kurt Russell very much. Um, but I didn't love the movie as much as the first one. Um, but it was very hard to match the surprise that was the first Guardians of the Galaxy. But the yeah. the Suicide Squad was fantastic. And Peacemaker, Peacemaker is just so good. But I, I so here here is the worry that I initially had is that Peacemaker was so good and it was I, I would honestly call it DC's first real big hit um, culturally. Um, I, I think I can argue that that's their, their first big hit culturally. That wasn't, you know, the, the Dark Knight trilogy yeah. in a long time. 
Peacemaker works because of that specific tone for that specific story, which in in this instance happens to be a hundred percent in James Gunn's wheelhouse. And I know his wheelhouse because I've watched his his stuff since I was a kid and he was doing trauma films. Yeah, I know his tastes and I know it's been refined over the years, but I know what his his happy place is. And Peacemaker is a hundred percent like that. I don't think that for DC, he's going to do stuff like what was that? bad evil superman movie um, oh uh uh um brightburn brightburn it was brightburn um just just a, a cynical a cynical film i i didn't care much for it um and i know he just i think produced it or co-wrote it or something i don't think he would do that with superman and i hope the studio realizes that that is not what needs to be brought for each one of these projects. I don't think it will. I just want to say that kind of at the top of the thing, because I am a big fan of James Gunn and his body of work. But the thing, the other thing about James Gunn, when it comes to the things that we are going to talk about is that there is a, a, a leaning into some of the more off kilter things. And it's part of what, it's part it's part of what made guardians of the galaxy work is that the guardians of the galaxy were a known entity in marvel comics mm-hmm. but they were not known the way that oh i mean it's the same it's the same way i talk about the avengers look i've i know people have short memories but there was a time that no one no one under the age of 35 in 2000 cared about the avengers well and and, and the, the the other side of that is that in the in kind of the same way that he did the character Peacemaker, which was a known entity, but I would argue probably pretty based on what I've read of Peacemaker, which is not a lot. Pretty different interpretation in the show versus the comics, and I think that that is also true of the Guardians of the Galaxy to a slightly lesser extent. But yes, um, I mean, once that movie was a hit and they had Brian Michael Bendis, you know, do the Guardians, it was pretty in line with like, OK, this is this is the Guardians now. Yeah. Um, although I will say the when they brought back the concept of Guardians of the Galaxy for uh, the Annihilation event series uh, for Marvel, there was a great deal of humor. The Drax miniseries is absolutely hilarious. They've leaned into I mean, it he's, since he's the being movie. bossed around by an 11 year old Earth girl. The entire series. It's amazing. The, and they've leaned into the, the comedy of that since then, for sure. Uh, but but let's let's get into that. He announced uh, about 10 or so things across HBO Max streaming series, movies, TV series, live action, animated, a whole bunch of stuff. This is just I'm assuming they have more stuff than this lined up because of projects that are already announced that are coming out that they will yeah, likely. He fit said into this is basically things. the first part of chapter one. But these are the things that he himself announced. Uh, and let's get started with the first thing that he announced, which is, again, are we, are, are we only talking about the projects that were announced? Are we going to talk because he did also bring up the two DC films that are coming out this year? I only want to talk about his stuff because this is the okay, stuff cool. that he's got his hands on. Cool, cool, cool. Obviously, the Flash movie is coming out this summer. Um, which contrary, uh, like I want to not be into it, but watching that trailer because of the Ezra Miller of it all, I yeah. don't understand, <laughs> uh, but watching that trailer, I'm into it, dog. I'm into it. <laughs> I mean, listen, listen, the, 
I, I know I sound like a just a huge dork saying this, but uh, the Batman 89 co- uh, costume is going to and w- with Michael Keaton in it is going to get my ticket. The like the if it wasn't for that, I would likely wait for HBO Max. <laughs> the 89 Batmobile is in the trailer. <laughs> uh, so outside of that, we've also have a uh, blue beetle uh, coming out, which we've seen a few uh, on set uh, images of um, yeah and that looks i love the uh, i love the jaime reyes blue beetle character uh yeah I do which too. is it's I'm, so I'm very it's excited be, about that it's gonna be a ton of fun i i hope and uh i hope that they don't just kind of sweep that under the rug in the midst of all the other stuff that is happening but we're but we're not aiming to talk about this stuff we're talking about the stuff that gun is getting into yeah first. and and the first thing he announced which i was kind of surprised they let off with it was a hundred percent what i expect from james gunn a hundred percent something for me and a seven episode animated series called creature commandos and this is essentially kind of like the ripd or the the hellboy uh of of the dc you've got um <laughs> this motley crew of monsters that are uh assembled to fight nazis originally so i'm kind of curious what they're gonna gonna be for here so so this is a a sort of a reboot of a series of characters that spawned out of dc comics in the 80s i think 1980 specifically um the the one the two that are kind of most known are frankenstein yes frankenstein's monster who goes by the name of frankenstein uh he actually has been a pretty big part of the dc universe since the new 52 um yeah i helped get damien back yeah uh and gi robot which uh uh which is a kind of a (laughs) a robot world war ii soldier uh but but this is a show that's going to feature those two characters as well as bride of frankenstein who is uh likely to be the lead of the show and a number of other characters including rick flag senior who seems like he is going to be the father or grandfather of rick flag from the suicide well suicide squad and the suicide squad uh that that uh gun was was responsible for um uh, as well as weasel who was also in the suicide squad portrayed on screen by james gunn's brother sean in a mocap suit (laughs) yeah um so i'm i'm very very curious about this one i've always loved monster comics i've loved it when the big companies did monster comics one of my favorite monster comics was a very short-lived 90s series called Scare Tactics about a bunch of monsters who escape from like a Star Labs or whatever and start a punk band. Nice. And it's so good. And I think it lasted for about 12 episodes. The, the creator was such a big fan of the project himself. He actually commissioned a New York punk band to make a single that they wanted to like put in with the comics um, that didn't happen but the single was made and i've I've heard it. it's awesome and so I, as, as soon as they showed this i'm like i don't know if anyone else cares about this but this is a hundred percent for me yeah. and the so uh, animation looks awesome apparently james gunn has written every script for this uh, every all seven episodes uh the the which it's all hbo max which i'm fine with um uh, I will remind the world that James Gunn put Starro in a movie. Starro was the villain of a multi-million dollar budget movie. 
Starro. Yes. And this is the kind of thing that I love about James Gunn is that he's willing to go after these obscure off kilter characters in the way that he did with guardians of the galaxy in the way that he did with peacemaker and the suicide squad and all of this um the the biggest thing about this and this is uh, is supposed to ring true for all the other stuff is that he has cast uh is casting this show they have no casting announcements yet um he is casting this show with the thought that if they ever bring any of these characters from animation to live action that those characters would play the same characters in live action. And mm-hmm. that is fantastic. That's great. Uh, and I'm, I'm super excited for this just because it's, it's weird and off kilter and, and just fun. I don't know. I I, I love the idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm super, super into it. This is a hundred percent, the kind of project and the style of project that I want from, from this kind of outline. Like I love that. Okay. We got a seven episode animated series and this is what it is. Okay. That sounds awesome. And then to follow up the one, two punch here, it is a sequel or a spinoff of his own hit series, Peacemaker in waller and at first when they announced this project i was like huh but as soon as you said like oh this is going to involve characters from peacemaker viola uh, davis is returning and it's being written by um crystal henry who did watchmen the the tv show watchmen and jeremy carver who created doom patrol which i absolutely adored yeah there's there's not much to say about this viola davis as amanda waller is really the second best thing about the first suicide squad movie she's fantastic in the suicide squad and in do patrol for 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 what she's in in that uh this has been a show that's kind of been um announced unannounced announced unannounced for years i'm excited to see it and uh gun is going to be involved in some of the writing for this uh but but yeah, I'm I'm ready for it. I don't know what else can be said about this because this is stuff we've already kind of seen. Um, and while well, Viola Davis is Amanda Waller, it's just phenomenal. Oh, on I screen. mean, so some of the best comic book casting of the last 15 years easily. And what I've enjoyed about this, and I, I want to preface this by saying I would love more Peacemaker. Like, uh, like the show itself. But I also love the idea that that was a limited series of single expression. And these characters are going to grow from there. I, I kind of dig that as well. And so hearing that, you know, these characters are going to show up in Waller and. You know, I would imagine Waller is more of the. What the show is about, but may not necessarily be the main character all the time. Well, and, and, and it's tough to say, because some of the characters that were in Peacemaker worked for Amanda Waller in the suicide squad and they all did. Yeah. So, so it's, it's all, it's all kind of, they're, they're already building a network of things and I'm just, exactly. I'm I'm into it. The one I am the most curious about, and this is, I think this one for me is going to be the real litmus test of this new venture. And that's the announced project Superman legacy. I'm, we know that that James Gunn is writing it. Uh, we don't know who's directing it. I mean, Gunn feasibly could if he wanted to. Um, and I'm 
from what they are saying, this the Superman legacy is supposed to be the true kickoff for the D the new DC universe. Yeah. And I like that they're kind of going the Batman route. This is not an origin story. It's focusing on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human human upbringing and what it means to be the embodiment of the truth, justice and American way concept. Uh, he is kindness in a world that thinks kindness is old fashioned. I love that because I wrote extensively, I mean, on things that no one has read or cared about. Uh, <laughs> but before Man of Steel came out, I was so concerned, and, and it turned out justifiably so, that they were not going to get the the character of Superman right. And they didn't. Uh, cast him incredibly. But Zack Snyder and company fundamentally do not understand Superman. and what he represents. And so hearing that this is what they're working with makes me really optimistic that this project could finally be honestly the great Superman the world needs right now. Yeah. The world needs a great Superman movie because that character when when written well and when given the right story is such a a salve to the soul you know and and the the arc that we have seen surrounding this superman legacy project has been uh, art uh frank quitely's art for for all-star superman uh i've seen good place to take inspiration from <laughs> gun po- gun also posted some of kingdom come superman so i don't know but uh yeah, I I, I, feel, I feel like they're going to get there for some reason. I feel like that's somehow going to be a story at some point. I, 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 I could see it going either way. I I'd prefer not to. Can you come to my favorite story? But I know I know it does have its fans. Uh, but yeah, I, for me. I, I just I want a great Superman movie, and it's. I mean, honestly, the CW has shown everyone you can make a good Superman story. It's not hard. Well, and, like and, Lois, and, Lois and Superman has now, been very good. Now, Miles, I'm going to need some clarification here because which Superman was it? All Star or was it for all seasons that was based on the trials of Hercules? Uh, all Star. OK, which that I mean, we we covered that for the Morgan Erd seven years ago series. years ago i think we co- we covered all st- or we covered uh for all seasons too but uh but yeah we did but that is that is a way to like the story of all-star superman is a story that really focuses on superman's personality in a way that doesn't involve him necessarily beating up bad guys or you know killing general zod or any of that stuff that it's just like it's 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 the the truth justice and the american way of of it all told through the lens of this classic like classic heroic story uh and and it was really really interesting and i i think having that comparison between the two as like having superman as like a classic hero and the like greek literature sense could be very very interesting to see um yeah i i I could not agree more i mean it's 
that is a hundred percent what it needs to be. And and that's what I want. I just I want good Superman stuff because it's a character that that gets much maligned by people that don't understand the character or right. haven't experienced the character in a good way. And and this is a larger than life character. People's entire careers have been ruined because they were in a Superman project that bombed through no fault of their own, Brandon Ralph. Now, luckily, he had a, a kind of a second wind to his career. That that dude was incredible. And he was a perfect choice for Superman. He unfortunately starred in a movie uh, made by bad people. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, well, the less we talk about that, the better. But unfortunately, yeah, he 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 started in a bad Superman movie. And but he still gave it his all. And I loved that, you know, at least the Arrowverse allowed him to become Superman again, at least one more time. And that was a lot of fun. But wait, OK, so Superman is kind of the big the big feather in the cap for our, for at least me, because that's the one where I'm. I'm I'm the most worried about. I'm the most cautiously optimistic about based off what they said and the artwork that they have seemed to be relying on, because I know that. uh James Gunn has a huge fondness for Grant Morrison and Grant Morrison is one of my favorite comic writers. So he's one of my favorite DC comic writers. 100%. Speaking of Grant Morrison, we'll get to some of his work in a few minutes. Uh, But Um, uh, that, that makes me feel pretty good. Yeah. Uh, What makes me feel pretty good is the (laughs) next is the next thing that they have. Well, they've kind of reannounced it because this is something that was technically announced years like ago pre, yeah pre hbo max like it was part of post like part of the initial slate of these are the things that we're working on they even announced casting for this show that i'll be honest Can, I, I don't know still be in the case cannot still be the case i'm sorry any, yeah, i'm sorry arrowverse connected and i think that is no longer on the table i'm sorry dude that was cast as very publicly as guy gardner i'm not sure you're gonna be in the show but it is the Green Lanterns. I think it's I, I believe that it's just described as being Lanterns, which is uh, described as it's an HBO Max show described as a true detective type mystery with Hal Ooh. Jordan and Jon Stewart as Green Lanterns. And if you, <laughs> if you did, like that sentence alone, I'm freaking sold, dude. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I'm I, 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 I do, too. I I like the 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 Green Lanterns as superheroes is great, but so many of the Lantern stories of the uh, that have been really, truly great of the last 20 years have been Lanterns as basically space cops and. uh, Having having not just Hal Jordan, which I know Hal Jordan is a character that a lot of people consider better when he died than when he was alive, but Jon Stewart being a part of this as you know, most I mean, I, I, people's I would favorite in that Green camp, But I also think Hal Jordan is a good character, and unlike Barry Allen, he has had good stuff when he was alive. Um, and so I, I, I'm I'm more okay with Hal being around. Uh, obviously, I'm a big Kyle Rayner guy, but I'm also hoping to see other lanterns pop in i i I would assume we are even though the series is going to focus on hal and john i i hope to see like appearances i want gotta see kilwag you know if i don't see kilwag i will riot 
I will 100% riot. But it, but the idea that there is this big mystery and a true detective style mystery, like I didn't see True Detective season two. I'll be honest. I've watched season three. Um, season three is good too. I heard I heard iffy things about season two, but True Detective season one is phenomenal. Season two's biggest crime is not being season one for most people. It's it's a, it's an anthology series, so it's completely different. Um, and we're getting a season four. Which also looks really good. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I love I love John Stewart and Hal Jordan. I love them working together as two space mm-hmm. detectives on a mission like this is this is a can great we get, can concept. We get, can we get Lance Reddick as John Stewart? look man i because oh man oh man i uh i I imagine they're both older right like they're not gonna be like young rookies i could also see uh uh who's the actor who plays mern in peacemaker uh having him recast as john stewart i could see He's also in uh is also in, he's also in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. James Gunn, by the way, likes to work with a lot of the same people. <laughs> oh, we are a hundred percent gonna see uh Michael Rooker in every single one of these projects in some capacity. Michael it's Rooker, going to happen. Michael Rooker might play GI robot in Creature I, Commandos. I, hundred percent down for that. Which perfect would, casting. That's for him. perfect casting for him. Oh my gosh! Good lord. Yeah, he he uses he uses. Uh, I mean, obviously, you cannot continue to use the same cast of folks because you know you need these people to be on the screen together. So, um, I I I just I'm very excited. I like you. I'm I've been wanting a good Green Lantern project for, uh, forever, um, and. I, I am so excited that this is on the slate. Uh, one that I probably would have been excited for about 20 years ago and was kind of more cocking my head going, huh, when they announced it was The Authority, which I'm a little surprised is being done. Yeah, I, 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 I know, I I know it's a huge favorite. And I mean, I, I get it. the original Brian Hitchborn Ellis uh, run it, I can 100% see, oh, this is a James Gunn superhero story. This is what he's going to love. And it's great. I think what made the initial run of DC films not work as well is you were already deconstructing the superhero film before you even started establishing some superhero films. And I, I'm, I'm curious. I am very curious how this is going to go because the authority is great. So it's it was Wildstorm kind of doing a take on the Justice League. I I'm curious how that works in universe because they've they've brought most of these characters into the DC fold uh, since the 52 rebirth stuff. And I think only Midnighters really done anything. So, so this is the thing. I am really only familiar with Midnighter from the authority. I've never read an authority book. Maybe this is something we'll do before the authority movie comes out. <laughs> But the only character I'm really familiar with out of this is Midnighter, who uh, uh, who is <laughs> this like, I mean, he's basically Wildstorms before Wildstorm was rolled into into uh, DC. DC. He was Wildstorms Batman. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. but he's brutal and beats the crap out of people. And I'm pretty sure kills people. I think they all kill people. Um, yeah, I mean. 
they um the authority is a great run the original like i said the original warren ellis brian hitch and i know there's a lot of baggage with ellis these days um because of the stuff that's come out about him but that original run and then the first millar quietly run for the first like story arc are very 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 good excellent and then after that it's it's less so i think the 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 metal cyborg lady showed up in the wild storm books that were just a few years ago uh, they're probably did she or was that just another ago. version of void i don't remember to be honest it's been a long time <laughs> so this yeah this 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 definitely seems like uh guns uh forte i don't i'm very curious how it's gonna work here and i understand what they want to go with because he says you know one of the things of the DCU is that not it's not just stories of heroes and villains. Not every film and TV show is going to be about good guy versus bad guy, giant things from the sky coming and good guy wins. There are white hats, black hats and gray hats. And uh, Saffron said they're kind of like Jack Nicholson and a few good men, which is a weird comparison, honestly, even if you read the 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 authority. But I am curious to see where they come from, especially in this new lived in universe. I like that they're making plans. I'm really curious about establishing this one as early. And and this may come later. Who knows? I mean, it does feature into the gods and monsters. The authority could end up being the group of people that Bruce Clark and Diana have to take down in a film. Yeah, it it definitely could be. It's one of those things where it's, it's a wild, it's a wild card. It's a wild storm yes. wild card right now because it is one of those things that co- uh, hardcore comics people know, but a lot of people don't. So the big question is whether or not the way that they exist in the comics is how they're translated on screen. Kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy had a lot of the stuff, but a lot of it was different. Uh, so we'll, we will see. Um, but I am I, I can't say I'm not interested because, again, I trust Gunn's track record with this stuff. So absolutely. And speaking of Diana, let's talk about Paradise Lost. This is maybe the one I'm least interested in. I'm I'm pretty interested because I hate that they lead in with a a Game of Thrones style drama. Uh, What they just uh, really mean, it's set in the past and there's going to be political intrigue. I think that what they mean is that it's a high fantasy story, you know, (laughs) The, sure. Th- this is the Game of Thrones, but on Themyscira is is the the co- sort of log line, and that could be great. That could be not great. The only Themyscira I've really ever cared about is Diana. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's plenty of great ones. Um, I'm I'm excited about having more. Uh, love Artemis. Love. I mean, then the adopted ones like Donna and Cassie. Um, I'm I'm super into the the potential. Uh, we know nothing about this concept so far, other than it's uh, just about the islands. Be, it being called Paradise Lost makes me think it's not going to be a very happy story, um, and might take place closer to the modern age. I'm I'm very curious about this one because we don't know if Diana's even involved. We just know it's about the Mascara. Um I I would not be surprised if if Zeus was involved or some of the the Greek mythology that they have tied into to Wonder Woman's backstory. It's, it's possible. I mean, heck, it could literally just be a a a political drama about different people who view the outside world differently and want to conduct the Mascara 
a specific way. And I would be down for a, a cloak and dagger show about that. Well, I, it's the one that I have the least amount, I guess, invested in because I just don't know what they're going to do. But I think that this could low key be a huge um, set piece for the future. It could set a lot of dominoes in motion for for stuff for the the kind of quote main projects unquote um, for sure. Um, it's not one like. Am I gonna watch it? <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> of course, I'm gonna watch. I it. mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's like they, they, every single one of these projects, I'm 100 percent gonna be it. You know? But but it's the one that I'm. I have the most. It's also the least. It's the least defined because it doesn't feature a bunch of characters that have names that I know off the top of my head. So it it's you know that's the that's that's the big thing with that one. We will see. Um, but the next one, Miles. Niles. Yeah. Uh, very curious about the choice of title here, uh, as these two characters typically aren't associated with it. Um, it was often a Green Lantern Flash or Green Lantern uh, Green Arrow, but we are getting the brave and the bold. And this is supposed to give us our official introduction to the new DCU Batman asterisk. Um and it's also going to introduce Drew's favorite Robin. I'm sorry, James Gunn's favorite Robin. I mean, again, that tracks. I also think it might be the only other Robin he knows. Um, <laughs> not going to lie. Um, but Damian Wayne. Damian um, Wayne on the big screen, baby. I am excited about this obviously we I talked about grant morrison would be excited about this but yes like you were saying go, go ahead finish your thoughts sorry we 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 mentioned grant morrison earlier in this episode uh and and guns uh seeming uh desire to to associate himself with grant morrison related projects and this is clearly going to be based off of damien's introduction into the Batman universe, which was done while Morrison was writing Batman comics. There is, however, a big question that he says that this, this film is going to potentially uh, feature other members of the extended bat family, which is something that we have not really done in Batman movies since the nineties. We have not had a Robin on screen in a major project since the well, 90s in a major live action titans. project titans okay that uh, fair fair i'm just, i'm saying fair. no um, it's fair it's fair but uh because i had forgotten about titans <laughs> but the the big question is because this is this is uh the big a big big part of damien's story is that you know bat he he is introduced as batman's son with Talia al ghul and then batman quote dies unquote for a bit and dick grayson nightwing takes over as batman to be the batman to damian wayne's robin and that is the big question right now is the batman in this story going to be bruce wayne and and see this is herein lies where my excitement's gonna lie because they are very i mean they could just be you know 
pausing for time and making things brisk. But the way they said it is this is the introduction of the DC, of the DCU Batman and of Bruce Wayne. That doesn't mean those things are introduced at the same time. Yes. And so si- side note, uh, because we also have the Batman two and Joker two coming out, those movies are still coming out. Robert Pattinson is still going to play Batman in the Batman two. Those are going to be officially known as Elseworlds titles. So which I'm, I'm perfectly happy I'm, with. I'm I loved, fine with that, I too. Lo- I loved the Batman. Uh, very excited for the Batman part two. Could not care less about Joker fully do, but they're still forcing that upon me. Um, I like Joker one, but, you know, it felt, like, it felt like a script that wasn't about Joker. That you, they you and Joker Patrick can have it. Look, I don't, um, it's, it's a. It, yeah, that's I, I said what I said. Look, I don't I don't I, I'm not like idolizing the Joker from that movie or anything. I just uh, not that Patrick is either. I just I, I thought it was a compelling character study um, that the fact that it's Joker, I think, means very little to the overall point of that movie. But anyway, let's talk about my boy Damian Wayne, because I am ready. Well, so the the question is, do I think that they are going to roll the dice and give us a Dick Grayson Batman and actually adapt the Grant Morrison story? I don't I don't think they will. I think they are going to make a Batman and Robin story and have it be about the dysfunctional relationship between Bruce and Damien. I would love to be wrong. I want to be wrong because one Dick Grayson as as Batman was tremendous and not long enough. Damien's the foundation of Damien's character group lies in his relationship with Dick Grayson in a way that it cannot grow with his father. It is imperative that Grayson be his Batman for what they want to work and and not that they can't write it that way. I'm really talking about the grand scheme of Damian Wayne as Robin, as a comic book character. But the only question is, do they run the risk of making, because I mean, a lot of times I say, yeah, our audiences are smart. They can, they can handle it. This is one where I'm like, I, I'm really curious if people would jive with this. I think that the best way to play this and I don't think so I'm going to say what I'm going to say and then I'm going to asterisk a few things. I think the way that they play this movie is you have Bruce Wayne Batman dying in the opening scene. Quote dying. That's my asterisk. I think what you then have is you have Talia and 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 Rachel Ghoul sending Damian Wayne to Gotham City to confront Dick Grayson for why he let Bruce die. And that is where that story starts. That is how I, I, mean, would, I, play I would I would not be upset with if that was how it was played. Here is my issue i mean the, again they would have to come up with something because there is a very supernatural element to how that storyline ends so and again for for folks that haven't read the comics damien and bruce were in encountered each other before bruce 
quote die. Correct. They had a a pretty not a long run, but a a decent bit of time together. Then there was a big crisis event. It was a final crisis. Is that the one? Um, yes. Where, where Bruce Wayne was going to kill Apocalypse with a super gun and Dark Apoc- Side. Dark Side. Thank you. Uh, Apocalypse is the planet. Um, and also the Marvel character, which I think is what I'm getting confused with. Uh, kill- he does kill him. Well, he does. He does kill Dark Side. I mean, he gets better. <laughs> well, yeah, Dark Side's going to Dark Side. Uh, but Dark Side shoots his Omega beams at Batman Bruce, and that doesn't kill him. We think it kills him, but it really just sends him through time to all these different points in history. Right. And even though Grant Morrison was writing that story, he also within the Batman comic wrote a very different thing that happened um, so that like Batman, Batman R.I.P. could be its own thing. Yeah. And having it be Batman R.I.P. with Damien in the background could be really interesting because that's what because you have a lot of, of of jason todd stuff that comes out in that you know there that 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 could be interesting but also potentially a little too much that that's my thing is like so, I, I, everything we're talking about oh yeah i would love to see this but i'm like i i think that would be poor i mean because i'm imagining they're they're shooting for a straight two hours people are complaining enough about marvel movie lengths as it is um I think I think a, a, a quick two hours is is probably the right ticket for for a film like this, uh, especially with Batman being three hours long. I could I, um, I, I could also see that that Bruce struggling to connect with Damien as he wants to turn his son. But I mean, like, they, but, they, but, they absolutely could do the, the pre RIP stuff, which it's, would still make for but, a compelling movie. And, and, but 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 Dick Grayson Nightwing being in the movie as part of that as sort of a, a sideline character. And then. Bruce, again, dying as a part of that and Damien or Dick having to step up in in his adopted father's place to be the big brother and father figure to this troubled Damien. These are all things I could see. Um, I, I love Damien Wayne. I am a huge supporter and defender of Damien Wayne. I think that the biggest problem that Damien has had is that his content, his progress keeps getting reset in comics every time a new writer it's, takes it's over. It's the problem that every Robin other than Dick Grayson has. Yes. Um, and it will be Dick Grayson's problem again when someone else takes over Nightwing. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not I'm not confident because uh, that wing is so good right now. But yeah, anyway. but the thing is, if, if, if that book ends and, and that's it, I'm, I'm like, cool, I have a perfect run and that's all I need. Um, uh, my, so my we have des- one more project. My de- well, so my de- like, I'll just say my desire for this is just honestly, I want to see a more fleshed out bat family on screen for the first time. Like I said, we are in. Well, and I hope what this gives us is. Uh, and, and something that the Batman did more than others is gives us more Bruce Wayne. Give us give us the character of Batman. Don't just kind of go through the motions. A lot of these movies tend to do that where it's just kind of he's pantomime being a person until he's Batman. I would love to see more emotional resonance from Batman. We talked about this uh, at the beginning of the month, actually, yeah. uh, in terms of romance. But I, I want to see Bruce Wayne as a character 
and uh we we've we've got a couple more actually uh think do we we do we have three more uh next up is one oh that... we do i i i <laughs> didn't 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 turn the page uh we got a, a few more uh the next one is a character that uh is the casting of this is going to be the key um and that mm-hmm. is 100% fan favorite character booster gold mm-hmm. uh booster gold the guy who was working as a security guard in a superhero museum in the future who stole a suit and went back in time to be a superhero uh booster gold uh love him or hate him he is uh this is this is a fantastic character that I yes. cannot wait to see on screen, but the casting is going to be key here. Yeah. And so you got to get someone. I, I, I wouldn't pick someone super young and you got to get someone who can, man, I'm just trying to think of like who, who I'd pick for weirdly, booster. Weirdly Chris Pratt 10 years ago, probably would have been a pretty good pick for booster gold. <laughs> But uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> despite despite the Chris Pratt of it all these days. Yes, I, I, I would have he would have been on my list a decade ago for yeah. sure. I think I think you need someone with that amount of of charm and 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 and, uh, you know, say what you will about Chris Pratt. Now, you cannot deny that that dude has charm on screen. You saw it in 30 Rock. You saw it in Guardians. Um, you need you need somebody to to be this character and to just embody this character. And I'm not sure who that is, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, nothing's nothing's immediately popping into mind. Um, be Austin Butler. If um, he can get over the, the Elvis accent. I mean, that's a, really joke. Like- that's, a, that's a joke. <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. Um, I, yeah. That, I mean, it's, it's, this can be a tough one to, to a tough, tough nut to crack. Um, but I, I would love to see somebody if he were maybe a little younger, I'd say Miles Teller, but he, he may not have the right fit for the character. I, I, I really want this one to be a home run. This is a great character. This is good. This is a potentially a great series, especially for HBO Max. This is what I envision will be the the true successor to Peacemaker in yes. terms of tone. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. This is a perfect kind of Peacemaker follow up. And, uh, you know, you need like you need a John Cena level personality to play this character. Oh, John oh, C- John Cena's not going to play Booster Gold. No, C- no, but, but but the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes could. I don't I don't know who that is. I know uh, you don't know who that is, but he oh he could play. I don't know if he's got the acting chops. Uh, to be honest, I mean I love Cody Rhodes. He's one of my favorite all time wrestlers, uh, and he's the right age. He's the right build. He's headlining WrestleMania this year. Um, but uh, he's also a big DC fan, so that would be that. Would, that would be interesting, especially given uh, James Gunn's apparent relationship with the WWE. <laughs> James Gunn has turned two professional wrestlers into fantastic actors, so maybe he could do it again. Do uh, Cena's credit, even though I'm not the biggest Cena guy, uh, Cena had been doing pretty decent work before uh, his DC stuff. He C- Cena had been doing fantastic comedy work. Yes, but his peacemaker work is a turn. But again, yeah, I, I'm, I, not, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that, like, 
I, I will say that like Cena would have been a, a big star regardless. Yeah. Uh, but, but I'm also referring to Batista who. Oh, I know who but, is, I would say a lot of people would probably lean towards Cena. I would say Batista is the best lifting wrestler. Batista has been given more large opportunities. Batista was in Dune. Batista in Blade Runner 2049 is fantastic. Tremendous. He's in the new M.I. Shyamalan. I mean, he he the dude wants to act. The dude loves to act. And he's always great. He is in the he was in the new uh, Knives Out movie and was great. And he's he's putting the work in. And I think Cena's putting the work in, too. Uh, I, 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 which I, I, again, between the two of them, I would love to see the two of them on screen in a DC production. I would love to see Batista. I, get say, I, 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 I got a couple of matches you can watch. <laughs> now I was going to say, I would, I would love to see Batista get cast in one of these projects. Um, I mean, Batista as Bane would be fantastic, but it's a little on the nose. Uh, also Batista really wants to play Bane. So I don't know. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, next up in the penultimate uh, thing that they announced is a book that I have not read. It's based on a book, excuse me, that I have not read yet, but that I've heard amazing things about. And that is uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, and this is a uh, this would be a movie and it's based on a Tom King run of comics that that I think is might still be going on uh, where basically. Uh, where, you know, Superman, you know, landed in Kansas and had a pretty good life growing up and became a, you know, superhero. Uh, but his cousin, Kara, didn't really have that. And what this what this the the book is about is basically her in kind of a Wild West situation where she's on this alien planet kind of having some really rough times. And, and, and it's just kind of kind of a, a harsher situation for, you know, how she grew up versus how Clark grew up, how Kahlo grew up. And while I don't love the idea of, you know, a put upon Supergirl as much, uh, I, I think that it could be handled very well just in, in kind of showing how through everything that she could still come out with that being that beacon of hope for the future that, that she and Kal-El kind of represent. Um, yeah. Um, this is not a story that I've read. I remember hearing, actually, no, I, I think I read the first two issues when it came out and I remember liking it. I just didn't, uh, keep up with it. Cause you know, comics, um, I believe it's, it was just like an eight issue run, uh, which has been completed. I think you can order the, the hardcover or the paperback now. Um, Tom King is a tough person to sometimes get excited about because he has written some incredible stuff his mr miracle hit some of his batman that mr Mir uh, that recent mr miracle run i i cried like yeah, a baby doing in, that. that incredible but he's incredible. also written some really worrisome books like heroes in crisis and that has given me pause now when his name pops up and honestly some of his batman um, but I remember this he also, one. Being, he also wrote Grayson, which was really good. <laughs> yeah, Grayson was Grayson was fun. Uh, I think co-wrote it with Tim Seeley, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I want to pick this someone up before I really give it a full uh, opinion because I'm, I'm with you. The, the idea of a put upon uh, maybe slightly cynical Supergirl is not the ideal. I know that it was kind of what they had worked in when they reintroduced Kara Zor El, so uh, Kara Zor El, uh, back in the 2000s, uh, especially when they did that, their big Brainiac story. And I really liked some of it. So I think there is there's a nuanced way to do it. And if they do it well, it's going to work. And that is a big if. Um, so I, this is definitely a book that I, I certainly want to take the time and and read before I really give a full opinion. Because, again, like, yeah, Tom, Ta- Tom King has written some tremendously great comics. And he's also written some that I would say would be the opposite. So I'm. I am I am tentatively excited because one, I'm just I'm stoked about a Supergirl movie. But I I, I want to read because like again, he did the the recent Batman Catwoman series and it it hurt to read. Yeah. Well it is it's nine dollars on Comixology for the whole run. So you can you can get that right now if you would like. It's probably on DC Universe, which I should have checked before I just spent nine dollars as we were talking about this. Uh, it's always good to support. Well, I buy pay for DC Universe, so I was technically supporting. Oh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, might have been an oopsie on your end. Oops. <laughs> I wonder if the authority is on there. Now that I think about it, uh, that was uh, uh, likely. That's something to investigate. Um. And but but let's uh, as we wrap up, let's talk about the last thing that they announced on the slate, which is something that I am. They they haven't they didn't say a lot about it, but they are planning a a a new origin of Swamp Thing. And uh, I did not watch the DC Universe streaming service I, Swamp Thing. I didn't. I heard it was good, but hearing all the farcas about what happened and the show being canceled before the first ish, uh, ish, uh, episode came out, I was like, well, no point. Yeah. Uh, so, and, I mean, I'll eventually get to it, but I am excited that he introduced Swamp Thing as a horror film. And it's going to this is apparently going to close out the first part of the the first chapter and I guess be the monsters part of the gods and monsters. Um, Do you have much experience with Swamp Thing? Not a ton. I I have not read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run. That was kind of iconic for for the. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good for the 80s. I haven't read that. I have seen a couple of episodes of the old Swamp Thing TV series from the late uh, 80s, early was 90s. 100% my childhood. <laughs> I, I I have not. I don't remember any of it, except that uh, it wasn't very good. Uh, I mean, and- Ch- Child Me loved that show i had i had swamp thing action figures it was like Um, like it was back when uh the sci-fi channel didn't have any content so they licensed uh during their daytime like block they had the superboy tv series and they had the swamp thing tv series and honestly miles this is (laughs) we're just planning a future episode as talking about this right now Uh, oh oh, yeah oh yeah the uh that that syndicated uh thing is is coming back and it's going to be all them shows um <laughs> but uh but i but i did i i do know a bit about swamp thing from his run on uh from his participation in justice league dark in the new 52 and mm-hmm. there's there, did you read the scott snyder stories i thought you did i may have i'll be honest i don't remember uh but the big thing about that is that with when it came to 
Swamp Thing. He became the manifestation of the green, uh, which is sort of this sort of elemental plane of plants. And then you had Animal Man that was the the manifestation of the red, which is this elemental plane for animals and that sort of stuff. Uh, and, and, and Swamp Thing's presence in Justice League Dark, which I read a lot of, and they've been trying to make a Justice League Dark movie like Guillermo del Toro was attached at one point or interested yeah. at one point. I don't think they're ever going to actually make that movie, but uh, maybe they will with the good Swamp Thing movie. I don't know. Uh, I'm just uh, and. They, they didn't even announce whether this was a uh, the, uh, this is a film, so it will not be a series. I think I kind of feel like a Swamp Thing HBO Max series would be better suited for the character because I'm not sure how much box office return you're going to get on Swamp Thing. But that's just me projecting. Uh, I don't know, uh, but I, I'm I'm tentatively interested just because I think the character is very interesting uh, and we will. We'll see maybe if and when this comes out in three to four years. Uh, but but that that is going to going to wrap up this conversation. Uh, Miles, outs of everything we have talked about. Mm-hmm. Biggest takeaways. Um, well, it's exciting to hear that there is an actual plan. Um, I, I think the. I, and I think this is true of Marvel too. I think there, in the last several years, has been a lot of more stumbling around and trying to catch up with them themselves. Part of it's COVID's fault. Part of it is some projects not landing the way that people thought they would. Black Adam, um, and so it's really encouraging to see that there is, you know, an entire roadmap, um, and that they're thinking chapters or phases. If you're a Marvel fan. Um, I, I I certainly like that there seems to be some curation. I like that they are certainly considering everything, and hopefully they're also uh, considering different tones. I like seeing a lot of different styles. You've got some horror. You have fun, quirky action. You have your, your standard superhero fare. You have straight sci-fi. I think they're doing the right approach by trying to make a lot of different flavors under this banner. And the one thing that I remember... Um, James Gunn saying was that it was important that the artists who are making this film make their film and not have to worry about being included into this giant tapestry. So I think they're going to want to have a couple of things, but I don't think it's going to be as fluid as say the Marvel universe has gotten. And so it might be more helpful to have these things, you know, individual and I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm generally excited for all of these projects. Like if you put one in front of me right now, I'm gonna be stoked to be watching it. Uh, me too. What, what uh, about you? I I love DC Comics, and two of the best things to come out of the recent few years of of DC projects has been the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. I have obviously also loved the Batman. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of that, but it's also one of those things where I, as much as I like the Batman and I loved Robert Pattinson in the role, and I cannot wait to see the sequel to that movie that is, doesn't feel like a version of the character that would work with super powered this and mythological that, and Mm -hmm. even a character like killer croc 
I or Mr. Freeze, I would not see working with the Batman. Uh, but I I love that James Gunn is willing to take big risks and big jumps. He's not opposed to going into the super cartoon. Like, again, this is a man that puts Starro in a movie. I <laughs> love Starro the Conqueror. I love Starro. I, I'm a huge. And when I learned that Starro was going to be in that movie, I decided that that was my favorite, favorite thing. And 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 it's 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 that kind of thing where he's got an eye for the classic element of this stuff, but he's also got an eye for that sort of weird silver age nonsense that permeates DC comics in a way that, that really kind of needs to. And, and I'm, I'm really, really excited to, to see that. I, I, as much as I think Zack Snyder and I know I'm, I, I like some of the Snyderverse stuff. I think that that's cinematographically cinematographically, I don't know what word I'm trying to say there. That the cinematically, not 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 even cinematically. I'm talking specifically about the framing of shots and the shooting of shots and and some of the action sequences in those films. I I think were really really great. I don't like. I I think that there there was in Batman v Superman there was a the 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 Batfleck fight scene where he's beating those dudes up in that 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 warehouse is one of the coolest Batman scenes I've ever seen. The rest of that movie isn't as good. And the storyline for why the rationale of this character, and that character just don't work. And I feel like that's when they put all their eggs in the basket of Snyder. They didn't necessarily have the best person at the helm. He, he was not set out to be their Kevin Feige. I think gun could be. And I also and and the, and the thing that I that I appreciate about it is that Gunn is is willing to make the PG rated content and he's also willing to make the R rated content. And I feel like that there's a time and a place for both of those things in the DC universe. Uh, and I uh, am super excited to see where this goes. Yeah, I, I agree. So with that said, that is going to wrap up our conversation uh right now uh but we have a new month on the horizon miles tell us about what we're going to do next week on the morning Earth. so next week we are we are embracing the madness of march and uh using it as an opportunity to revisit one of our favorite subjects the comic book crossover and this this month may or may not end up having a, a, a theme or at least a central uh central theme at some point we're, we're gonna decide uh within the next week if we're gonna <laughs> stick to that but we are we are 100 percent doing comic book crossovers overs again and we are going to start with one that has been in the news lately because the second miniseries has started um because the first one was so popular they had to do it again um next week we are going to be reading the miniseries mighty morphin power rangers teenage mutant ninja turtles and i am very excited uh this 
gosh, this came out a couple years ago and proved to be an absolute blast. Uh, Drew, I don't think you've read it, but I know you've seen some of the images or some of the action figures that have come out from from this project. Correct. Correct. Um, I'm I'm really excited for you to, to read it because it's one of those projects that like make you remember, oh, yeah comic crossovers rule and they need to be done more often <laughs> and apparently idw and and boom who behind the power rangers are the only people that understand that because they're the only ones that seem to be crossing over with anyone anymore <laughs> is is a licensed product from idw or the power rangers they were good they're crossing over because the power rangers crossed over with godzilla they crossed over with, uh, the justice league like they they've been doing this stuff so I'm I'm very, very excited to to revisit this miniseries. It's been a little bit and I I haven't had the chance. I've gotten the issues, but I haven't had a chance to read the, the second one yet. So um, we're going to be reading the first miniseries of Power Rangers slash Ninja Turtles. And I am very excited for Drew to read it because I think you're going to have a pretty good time. Yeah. Uh, so you can actually find this uh, all over the place. Uh, it's available, collected in paperback is collected in hardcover for a very expensive amount. It is also, if you were a comiXology unlimited comiXology plus, whatever they call that service subscriber, all of the issues of money of the first run are on that. So you could spend your five ninety nine and just read the entire thing. Uh, or it's, I think $12 just to buy it outright on comiXology. So, uh, it is out there for pretty easy to find right now. That is mighty Morphin power Rangers, teenage mutant Ninja turtles. That is what we're going to cover next week. In the meantime, if you would like to find us, you can find everything we have ever done at the more You can tweet to us at the more you nerd. You can get to facebook.com slash the more you nerd, and you can email us the more you nerd at Gmail dot com that's the more you nerd at gmail dot com and until next time we end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd out, out.